Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! Screamers, and welcome to another Countdown to Halloween Marathon episode. And tonight we're going to be taking a look at the Scare House from 2014, which is a haunted house attraction, which when the voice at the door says, you'll never make it out alive, it's not kidding. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Welcome to this year's Sigma Kappa Delta Slut Cam Game. You built us a beautiful house. Everybody was invited? Triple check, Captain. Welcome to the school house. Hello. Black Can you bring my black shoes? I'm having fire. This year's challenge will require balls. Are you getting the jitters? and I don't want to be nervous. No one could have planned this better than you. The plan was already in motion. None of us wanted you to go to jail. House is a Halloween tale of revenge, and as the girls of Sigma Kappa Delta are about to find out, revenge is a bitch. So the movie opens with some handheld camera footage, don't worry, it's not a found footage movie, of sorority gals getting ready for a fun night out. And they're just, you know, adorable gals calling each other bitch and slut and cunt and, well, you know, that sort of thing. Meanwhile, we meet our main characters, Elena and Corey, two gals who have set up the scarehouse for this year's big party. Except the party's private this year, because the girls of Sigma Kappa Delta did a bad thing, and now they have to pay. Plain and simple. Case closed. Judge, jury, and of course, executioner. It's not long before we realize that this handheld camera footage that we see cut throughout the main action of the movie is not happening right now. This is all from a night two years ago. 
turns out that two years ago was their Devil's Night, which is the night before Halloween. Their Devil's Night party was, in fact, their initiation hazing party. The night Elena and Corey were up for finally becoming members of the sorority, except something very, very bad happened. The girls of Sigma Kappa Delta did a very bad thing. And now they're going to have to pay. I'm not going to tell you what that thing is, because the Scarehouse is a hoot. I got to see this at the New York City Horror Film Festival, I guess two years ago? And it won that year, and it was fantastic, and I couldn't wait for it to come out in video to talk about it with you guys. So I'm waiting for it to become more readily available, and then when it did, I completely forgot about it. But now here we are, finally talking about it. And you know, when it's a great movie, it's never too late. And what's fun here is that the scare house that Elena and Corey have set up is actual, actually a two-in-one sort of a thing. Yeah, there's a fully operational, fully automated haunted house in the front for paying guests. But there's a private party in the back. And the girls from Sigma Kappa Delta, have been invited to come one by one, to come alone, to come to the big devil's night party, but first they're going to have to go through their own private scare house. Except the party's re... Well, I guess, you know, it's not f- for them exactly. The you know, the guests of honor. Because after they arrive, it's time for them to pay for their sins. What makes this movie work a lot our two main gals, Elena and Corey, despite the fact that they're murdering their former friends, are extremely likable. And as the movie goes on and you find out what happened, you're on their side. And very often I'd have to reconcile the fact that, hey, I really like these two girls who are committing unspeakable acts of cruelty, torture, and murder. I'd have to step back and say, wait a minute, hold on, who am I rooting for here? Yeah, those girls did a very bad thing, but did they deserve to die for it? Maybe, actually. Maybe. There was a point early on where I got a little nervous because the first kill borders on torture porn, kind of a Saw-esque sort of thing. A lot of the deaths have a Saw element to them not so much a trap but you know a test well that you know you can't pass you just can't sorry but this first one involving death by corset well it just proves that murder is a cinch (laughs) see what i did there but it never crosses the line into full on torture porn well the things the girls do to their former friends are horrible They're not presented in a way that's really exploitative and, you know, stylized, glamorized, almost eroticized, as you would see in something like a hostel or one of those similar films. No, you don't quite cross that line, and that makes it a bit easier to take. There's a lot of wonderful black humor here, which I always enjoy. You know, jet black mortuary cemetery humor. Love it. I also enjoy that there's some tension between our two main gals. Because while Corey's really gung-ho for all this, Elena, not quite as much. She's wrestling with her own conscience and with the horrific thing that they're doing 
over and over again. So that makes for some really nice tension and some interesting personal discoveries about these characters. And like with the other films there is that, that I've talked about so far that take place at a haunted attraction, there is an element of the Joe Schmo patron of the house becoming an unwilling participant in the murders because a, the girls are not always outrightly killed. Sometimes they're held captive on display in the house. And of course, when people are passing by and they're screaming to be released that this is real and my friends are dead, everyone's like, shut up! And while it's here, it comes without the moralizing that was sinking the Funhouse Massacre for me. It's just presented as is. A lot of the deaths are not just shocking, but they're quite inventive. You've never seen a pillow fight like this one, because really, what's a sorority movie without a pillow fight? Am I right? Of course right. Well, this is a new spin on one that I can honestly say I've never seen before. Another thing I like is that even though you don't spend a hell of a lot of time with the other girls in the sorority, you spend just enough time and quality time with them so that you get an idea of what makes this person tick. Not all of them are as bad as the last one. Some of them really aren't that bad at all. But still, they have to be punished because they did the bad thing. And watching our anti-heroines struggle occasionally with some moral issue when it comes to killing someone that really wasn't that bad that they kind of liked, but they got to do it anyway... Add some layers and add some depth that you might not normally see in this kind of a movie. And even though they've plotted this out to the last detail, like all plans, you know, best laid plans, mice men often go astray and things do start to go wrong. You know, some of the girls don't go down as easily as they're supposed to. Sometimes this is a major problem. Sometimes you're getting interrupted by regular patrons. And of course, there's this growing moral conflict that both our heroines, or anti-heroines I should say, are struggling with. Here's my beef though. There is a point in the movie in between the girls, you know, the sorority girls arrivals because they've been spaced out evenly so they can take care of one before the next one uh, arrives so there's no overlap except when that's planned. There's a point where you see our gal Corey she's mixing up what Elena calls some um, serious Walter White shit. She's mixing up some chemical concoction, totally toxic, corrosive-looking shit, and she takes out a big old pink double-sided dildo and starts dipping it in that deadly mixture. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't remember a dildo of death from when I saw it at the film festival, and there's a reason why, because that dildo never comes back. Don't introduce a deadly dildo and then never use it. I have talked about Chekhov's shotgun before on this show. Is in you do not introduce a shotgun in the first act of your play if someone isn't shot with it by the third act. Same thing here. Do not introduce a big, pink, corrosive, toxic dildo into your movie unless someone is being shot with it. By the end, and it's such a long scene, and it's such a huge oversight that it makes me sad. And then it makes me uncomfortable about, I'm really sad that I didn't see some poor girl tortured to death with a poison dildo. 
What's the matter with me? Oh, let's not pull that string, because we'll be here all night. The Skier House is made even better because you've got great performances across the board. It, despite everyone's despicability, including our main characters, they're all in their own right likable and relatable. Even the worst of them, when it was coming down to their final moments, maybe. I was thinking, no, don't do it. That's bad what you're doing to that poor girl. Don't do oh, you're doing that instead. Ooh, ooh, go back to the first thing. That's even worse than what you were doing before. But particularly our two main girls, Sarah Booth, who plays Corey, who's the more gung-ho of the two, and Kimberly Sue Murray, who plays Elena, who is more thoughtful, but is also the brains behind all of this as well. They are dynamic, smart powerful female characters who have taken control of their own destiny, even if maybe this choice wasn't the best one. They picked it, and they're sticking to it. Okay. So kudos to both of them. As far as I know, The Scare House is not streaming anywhere. It is available for purchase on Amazon.com. I recommend it. I think it's a buy. And so far, it is the best of the three movies that I have seen so far that take place in a haunted attraction. It got all the elements right. As did Haunted Ween, but with the problems of budgetary constrictions, not so great actors, and, you know, not great effects and an ending that wasn't. This has got all the pieces coming together quite nicely. I left both satisfied and horrified, and it was just as much fun at home the second time around. And while it has comic elements and an occasional one-liner, they're not played for laughs. They don't stand out like a sore thumb in the middle of a scene when all of a sudden somebody cracks a joke. They're woven so tightly into the plot, and that choice makes sense at the time, that it's not a distraction, and it does not come across like mugging like things did in the Funhouse Massacre. So of the Haunted Attraction movies that I've seen so far, this is the standout by a long shot. So I suggest you find yourself a copy and check out The Scare House. Don't check in, because I guarantee you probably will not check out. Elena and Corey will be having none of that. Now, a caveat. Despite winning Best Picture at the New York Horror Film Festival and my personal love of the film... Most of the reviews I've found for it online are really quite savage, and everything I love about the movie is exactly what they pick on. But I think after all these years, you understand how my brain works and my taste, so I think you'll be able to make your own wise decision. Oddly enough, the loudest complainer about this movie is... Well, there's an actual real-life haunted house attraction in, I think, Pittsburgh that is called The Scare House. And I found article after article after blog post after comment from them on many, many sites ruining the fact that their beloved attraction is now associated with a movie about a killer dildo. While I kind of understand that, I found it weird that that was the thing they kept bringing up over and over. That was the phrase I kept hearing over again. Our house is now associated with, about, with a movie about a killer dildo. 
What's your obsession with the dildo? I mean, granted, I'm obsessed with dildos, but not for the reason they're obsessed with dildos. Not the way you're thinking I'm obsessed with dildos. Get your mind out of the gutter. I just find them hilarious, okay? I'd be more upset that my haunted house attraction is associated with a movie about a killer dildo that never gets used. But that's just me. Don't judge the Scarehouse live attraction for, for their short-sightedness and, and closed-mindedness to, to, to on-screen dildo horror. And keep your mind open for the film The Scarehouse because I think you're going to have a hell of a night even if you don't survive. So I think that's going to wrap up this mini episode. If you want to get in touch with the show and let me know how your Halloween season is going, give me a call at 917-720-2047. You can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search for Scream Queens Horror Podcast and join the fun there. You can follow me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And I'm on Instagram at NoTR4U and also at Scream Queens, and when you're recommending the show to a friend, and I know you will, because I love you, you love me, that's all I'm saying, I'm not singing Barney, not going to do that, make sure you tell your friends that it's Scream Queens with a Z, and not that other show with a similar name that we do not tolerate. I'll invite those people to my scare house, bitch. I will have a pink dildo waiting for you, yes. It might not be poison, but (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that. Great rape jokes. Let's wrap this puppy up. So until tomorrow, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel, girl. Please. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>